Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. Today is Easter Sunday, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson preach from John 21 to 18. As you listen, see if you can answer these questions. The questions, 1. Why weren't all of the people of Jesus' time rejoicing in his resurrection? 2. What else was going on in Jerusalem at the time of the crucifixion and the days following? 3. Those who went to look for the body of Jesus at the tomb, what were they looking for? And we, what are we looking for? Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Today we celebrate with joy the resurrection of Jesus the Christ from the dead. He walked the earth alive again for 40 days, scriptures tell us, teaching, healing, eating, loving. Once he was seen even by more than 500 people at the same time and Most of those individuals were still alive when this report was given. The resurrection of Jesus was such a momentous event that the Christian church, these 2,000 years later, not only celebrates the day of his resurrection, but rejoices and celebrates this momentous event for an entire seven weeks that we call the season of Easter. Although we celebrate, and many in Jesus' time celebrated as well, not all see Jesus' resurrection as a cause for celebration. Some who lived in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago were worried at the stories spreading about. Some who had condemned this radical teacher, Jesus, this Jew from Nazareth, now realize that this teacher had not been silenced after all. He was very much alive and active, still spreading his word, still disrupting things. The Roman Empire, over the months and years that were to come, would be rocked to its core because of what the resurrection set in motion among Jesus' followers. You see, each person, each group, has their own agenda, their own priorities and value and perspective. It was true in Jesus' day. It is still true today. And the priorities of some of these individuals and groups line up with the radical teaching of Jesus the Christ, while others are directly opposed to Jesus' way of life and priorities. You could say that each person or group wants something different. Each was seeking something. At the tomb that day, Jesus asked of Mary Magdalene, Whom are you seeking? He asks the same question of every individual. Whom are you seeking? 
I'll get around to answering that question in a bit, but let me first set the stage from today's gospel reading. There were three crosses and three condemned criminals hanging grotesquely between earth and sky that day long past. They were there, bleeding and dying in extreme agony. At three o'clock that Friday afternoon, Jesus, the middle of the three men, could barely be heard to whisper, it is finished. And at those words, he breathed his last. The beginning of the Jewish Sabbath was only a couple hours away, barely enough time to take down his body, perform some initial cleaning before hastily placing it in a tomb. Not enough time to gather the oils and spices to properly prepare Jesus' body. That would have to wait until sunrise the next morning. It was a Passover festival. Jerusalem was packed with its citizens and travelers from all around the Roman Empire. The Roman soldiers made their presence known as they always did on these high holy days. There was a strange mixture of moods floating in the air that night. The Jewish Seder was about to begin. It was a time for families to celebrate, and therefore there was the feeling of joy in the air. Jerusalem was the hub of Jewish civil and religious power. This added to the mix a mood of triumph and victory felt by some. That radical Jew was now silenced, The power structure had crushed him. Well, adding to the mix of humanity were the outcasts and rejects of society who had seen Jesus as one of them. They added a mood of deep heartbreak and despair. The despair and hopelessness were also felt by those closest to Jesus. So you could see as I said there was a strange air floating through Jerusalem that night. Celebration, triumph, victory, sadness, despair, and hopelessness. The next morning, the grieving women awoke from a restless night's sleep to prepare their concoctions for Jesus' burial. When they arrived at the tomb... The stone had already been rolled away from the entrance. That was unexpected. Upon looking in, they were stunned to find it empty. John's Gospel, focusing on Mary Magdalene's experience of these events, John records what happened next this way. Mary was standing outside the tomb, crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Well, Jesus knew the answer to that question, but still, he asked it. 
It was many weeks earlier that Jesus had asked a similar question of two other of his disciples. What are you seeking? Who or what are you looking for? What do you seek? Well, each of us carry a mixture of many wants and desires deep within us. But some core desires are powerful enough to guide our lives and keep our attention. Mary Magdalene had a deep desire and longing within her. She was looking for the one that was like a lover to her, her Lord whose very presence caused her heart and soul to sing. Many of Jesus' disciples were looking for the one who had the words of eternal life. The Jewish religious leaders were looking for the holiness and purity of their religion, and they deeply desired to not stir up the wrath of Rome. On the other hand, Jesus' disciple Simon the Zealot was seeking that very thing, to stir up a rebellion against Rome. What did Judas want? Well, he wanted peace and financial security. One day, a man ran up to Jesus and asked what he needed to do to inherit eternal life. Here was a devout, obedient Jew, a passionate man of deep faith. What was it that he wanted? Well, he wanted to know what was that one more thing that was needed in order to have eternal life. On another day, Jesus fed 5,000 people. Who was it that they were looking for? Well, if you would have had the opportunity to ask, they might have responded, we're looking for a baker, someone who will fulfill, take care of our grumbling stomachs. What about the multitudes who sought out Jesus for healing or to listen to his words? Who or what were they looking for? Well, they were looking for someone to heal them, to meet their physical need or to provide words of life. Who or what are people looking for? What is humanity's deepest longing and desire? In our day, some may answer in the same way that they did 2,000 years ago. Some want love. Some want healing. Some want power. Some desire a savior who will assure them of heaven, while at the same time allowing them to live their life here and now, however they see fit, demanding, not demanding anything of them, not telling them how to live or what to do. Jesus' question to Mary at the tomb is the same question asked of all of us. Who or what are you looking for? It's a good question. It is one that has been asked by many over the millennia of recorded time. But sometimes we don't get everything we ask for. Take the rich man mentioned earlier, for example. He had been a very faithful practicing Jew all his life. All he wanted was to know what that one last thing might be that he needed to do in order to have eternal life. He figured, maybe there's just one more thing I need to do. It was a simple request, really. But Jesus' answer stunned him. Go, sell all your possessions, and give to the poor. 
You see, Jesus required of him more than that one additional religious act of devotion. Jesus required all of his life, a radical realignment of his priorities. Jesus knew that often people do not know what they really need. So what is it they should be asking for? One day, when with a tinge of irritation in his voice, Jesus said this, To what can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. In other words, Jesus was saying that he didn't always dance to the people's tune. You see, the melody of the reign of God is sometimes very different than what people expect or even what they think they want. Mary Magdalene was looking for the one who would cause her heart and soul to sing. She found it. The disciples were looking for one who had the words of eternal life. They found him. Some people's deepest longing is for hope and joy in this world and in the life to come after death. Jesus the Christ was the answer they found. Some are looking for a pleasant weekly or annual religious experience that will bring them comfort to get them through the rigors of another week or another year. But they would rather have an experience that will put little in the way of demands on the rest of their week or the year that follows. They may find the comfort and support they need, but they just might be disappointed that God's calling on their life will put expectations and demands on the rest of their week and their year. What are your deepest desires and needs? What are you looking for? You just might get what you desire. Along with a radical whole lot more you didn't know came with the package. The questions, one, why weren't all of the people of Jesus' time rejoicing in his resurrection? Two, what else was going on in Jerusalem at the time of the crucifixion and the days following? Three, those who went to look for the body of Jesus at the tomb, what were they looking for? And we, what are we looking for?